Get the numbers rolling. And like I said, yeah, just give me a minute on this, uh, all the introductory. In a world where people strive to conquer the digital landscape, the best leaders are moving forward and planting flags. This is the Oil & Gas Digital Doers podcast, where you can hear about the thrill of digital victory and the industry's best guidance on how to win with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. Hey everyone, welcome back to the all new Digital Doers podcast right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network, brought to you by the uh, very good people at Top Coder. And, and uh, I want to say something about TopCoder, but I also want to mention that um, I know that we're up to, I don't know whether this is like 11, 12 episodes of the all new, but um, I'm going to keep calling it all new because uh, I'm sure that each one of you have not listened to all 12 episodes yet. So uh, it's, still, it's still new. Um, and uh, I, will be, I will be checking at the end to see, uh, to see who's, to who, who's been listening and who hasn't. But uh, today... Uh, I do have a, I got a, a fun guest today and we're going to be talking about um, just uh, stuff about people and how they work in the digital workplace. But before I get to that, uh, I do want to thank our sponsor, Top Coder. We love our sponsors at OGGN. Um, we love them because they pay the bills. That's, that's one reason. Um, I mean, without that, that, you don't have this. So um, we also love them because they each one of them the, the sponsors that we work with, they all do really good things for the industry. They're good people. Um, uh, we only work with winners. So you absolutely need to uh, check out, have a, at least have a look at what our sponsors are doing. And in particular, Top Coder has, they're the pioneer in something called open talent models. And if you don't know what an open talent model is, you should have a look at this because uh, it might be the thing that helps you get digital done, which uh, turns out is what this show is about. Also, um, I, wanna, I want to uh, say that if you haven't had a look lately at what OGGN has going on, we got a lot going on. So we got new shows coming out. We got live events happening. So absolutely go to, uh, uh, well, I was going to say go to OGGN.com, but really nobody does that anymore. Just go to our LinkedIn profile and you'll see the events. You'll see that we, we started up the live happy hours again. We have new, uh, new podcasts that have been released. This is one of them, uh, but there are some others as well. In particular, uh, a couple of really cool ones, uh, Journey to the Energy C-Suite with Ryan Dawson. Who doesn't want to learn about the journey to the energy C-suite? And uh, also energy scale-ups with Jose Solis. Uh, that was being sponsored by Halliburton Labs. So have a look at all that and, um, and connect with OGGN and find out what's going on. Enough of that. Today, I'm sitting here at the fabulous Canon on the west side of Houston where the birds are always singing and the sun is always shining and the people are always happy. And I have Kyle Chambers from uh, Texas. What's the name of your company? I already it's forgot. Texas, Texas Quality, Quality Assurance. Texas Quality Assurance. That's right. Um, well, I so I mostly know you because you're a good friend of OGGN and you've mm -hmm. been on other podcasts. And and uh, actually, the real truth is that I didn't have a guest today, and Kyle was hanging out at the Canon, <laughs> and he said, "I'll." He's like, "I'll do it for you." So, no, um, I'm thrilled. Love to. So yeah. So thanks. So so welcome. What um. Uh, so now that I've butchered the name of your company, what uh, what what about 
um, we well, we were talking just a minute ago about your background, which you started out as describing as weird. Yeah, that's, um, that's about which, the best way. Which is kind of probably not too different from mine, but you started out in, in an IT in the mm-hmm. IT world, right? So what? So how how'd you get from uh, IT to quality assurance? Yeah, so this is kind of one of my favorite stories to uh, to tell. Is I was working for a small business. I was the IT manager. I think I came in as employee number twenty nine, right? And the company was growing pretty quickly, and they said, you know, hey, we really need a health and safety program. And Because <laughs> people keep falling in the hallways because we have too many people yeah. right now. Right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, honestly, I, I about worked myself out of a job. I was kind of expecting to get cut and have my job turned over to, like, a managed service provider or something right, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just tuned out in this conference meeting. And they're like, we need a technically-minded person to do this. I'm not paying attention. Like, Kyle, we're talking about you. Oh, me? Me? Okay. So I go from building a SQL server <laughs> one day. A typical IT guy not paying attention to what's going on in the meeting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> you pretty much summed it up right there. <laughs> if you'd have had your arms folded, you would have also been a security guy. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, all right. So they, so they said, we need you to do this quality thing. Yeah. And so actually, I got thrown into health and safety first, and that led into environmental management, which led into quality management. And next thing you know, we're going for ISO 9001, quality management standard, OSAS 18001, the old health and safety, God, and that, ISO 14001 for environmental. That is, a, that is a death march trying to get all those certifications. I mean, they just get... I had less it, than 12 months to do it. Wow. I mean, I, I ha, I've had a look at those. Um, so I kind of grew up in the... I didn't kind of grow up. I did grow up in the consulting world professionally. Sure. And um, like big like enterprise IT consulting companies. And God, anytime we walked into an engagement where I saw anything was involved, <laughs> it was just like, how can I get off this gig? Because, <laughs> because it's just going to be bad. Yeah. But, so what's the secret to that? And for those people who are actually trying to get those certifications. Process, process, process. You know, you, you, when you talk about startups, you know, what do we talk about? You know, minimum viable product. Yeah, well, I deal. turn around and yeah. say, we need a minimum viable process. What is the minimum oh, level of documentation yeah. of a process that we can function with? Right, right, right. When you set up that minimum viable process, well, then suddenly all of the stuff you do anyways as a normal part of your job just kind of fits into place. Right, but now you can optimize and improve as yes. you go along right. instead of, yeah, 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 that makes sense. You know, death by documentation right. happens so frequently. Right, right. Um, and so that's something that we try to yeah. do do a little which, differently. Which translates into death by SharePoint, right? Hey, you know, or, we or, act- or what do we used to call it? The SharePoint jungle. Yes. It's somewhere in the SharePoint jungle. Yes. Now, this is what will crack you up is the software that we develop that we've been doing since 2013 based in SharePoint. Yeah. Well, it's a good it's a good platform for it is. for putting stuff together. The problem is is it's what we call a WYSIWYG tool. You know, what you see is what you get, right? right. So you can pick and play and drag and drop. Yeah. But if you don't have an overarching architecture and and, and direction that you're right. going in, you're screwed. It's a spaghetti ball, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right, so I want to come back to that uh, what you guys are doing there. Um, but uh, but first, I think so, so you, you kind of beat me to the punch because I wanted to get to this process discussion, process, process, process. I mean, um, so just in our in our 10 minutes of talking in yeah. advance, I can tell that you're very uh, passionate about process. Um, and who isn't, really? <laughs> no, it's not true. <laughs> so, it's kind of like I kind of chuckled when you said, 
start in startups, you talk about minimum viable product. It's not really, so I'm going to, I'm going to make that statement a little bit more accurate. Yeah, exactly. It's the investors in the startups okay. that talk yes. about minimum viable product. <laughs> the guys inventing the stuff, they never talk about no. that. Right? Okay. And I, and I, 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 this, I know from experience. So, um, um, but, but this is interesting because, uh, we, on this show, we talk about getting digital done in oil and gas. Um, and, and we know that the industry has been taking this seriously. Um, I, in fact, I just did a talk about this in, in Denver last week. Uh, and there was a quiz at the end and somebody got this question, right? Which was <laughs> how long has the oil and gas industry been serious about digital transformation and um, it was a multiple choice and the, and the options were um, 10 years, 3 years, 11 days, or 6 minutes. <laughs> 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 and the answer is 3 years and uh, um, so, so we now we talk a lot and on the tech show a lot of the focus is um, is always on a lot of the, the digital capabilities that are coming to science and engineering sure. disciplines in the industry, right? We've got our friends right down here at Corva here in the Canon have some amazing stuff with drilling automation. We have people bringing, you know, we're like I mentioned earlier, we're, we have we have all these different ways now of taking uh, OT, you know, process control data and sending it to the cloud and doing analytics, stuff like that. But, and now you being a human process expert, yes, um, it occurred to me that all that's cool, but if you count up all the number of people that work in an oil company and all the oil companies, right, the, the, the most people work not in those, the, the highest quantity of people right. work in offices where yep. they're performing various functions that are, is the whole sort of structure around these science and engineering yes. operations that turn that into a business. Yes. Right? So what are we doing for those folks? How are we bringing digital transformation to them, or are they still just sort of like running around... Um, you know, uh, struggling in the same old ways. So that, so that, that's my, that's where my head is at. So that's, it's a good so, question. So, it's, so what do you, what's, what's your view on that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's something we, we butt up against, um, every day, just a little, little bit of context here, you know, kind of, you know, what's this guy with text quality doing with, uh, you know, digital transformation is, um, we work with companies for implementing these compliance standards pretty frequently, right? And you don't just ask someone to implement one of these standards. It it's, winds up being a complete change in their entire organization, right? They, they have to refocus and reshift how and why they do work. Um, that's really not all that uncommon from the implementation of large-scale software suites, right? Or, or suites yeah. of softwares working together. Is, now, is that still a thing? Do people still do that? Oh yeah, because like I said, so much of the focus anymore is about like IT OT convergence. Like right. those those big software suites are still out there, right? They are. Um, we look the, the reason I think I said this earlier. The only reason we are in the game of developing quality management software is because you find that the and I'll avoid throwing out names here, but you'll find that most of the big name ERPs or even the smaller folks they absolutely stink when it comes to managing your document control, managing your corrective preventative actions. But this is like the same old stuff. Like, do we, uh, surely we know how to do all this by now, right? The problem yeah. is, is people are people, and yeah. we forget that. Yeah, it's fair enough. People, every organization, the culture, I mean, I know this is so cliche to say, but the culture is so incredibly different <laughs> from one team to another. We have so, two clients. So from those, for those of you following along at home, we, ne we play this game now where we see how long does it take in any, any one of these conversations 
Any anything on the tech show or on digital doers uh, before we start talking about culture? And it's never. <laughs> what are we at here? We're like we're like uh, five minutes in like the actual <laughs> conversation. In, right? yeah. yeah, culture. We will always end up talking about three things. Uh, we'll talk about data. Uh-huh. We'll talk about culture, and we'll talk about silos. Right, uh-huh. and silos and culture sometimes kind of go together. Yeah. But but uh, so but you're right. Culture is is a huge thing in this industry and it's it's becoming more complicated really mm-hmm. because now we have we have we still have sort of like the we'll call them the traditional people right and we also have you know god willing some young people coming into the industry although they're not very excited about it right now but we right. do have a younger generation coming in so yeah. so anyway i i, well, I didn't mean to derail no, no, you no, but but it's uh, fun. <clears throat> we've all been in this position where we're working with a software tool and you're, you're ready to beat your head against the wall. You want to throw the monitor out the window because it simply won't do what you want it to do in the way you want it to do it. Right. And we hear this question all the time. Well, why can't it just, and then X, Y, Z with right. the automation that they want. Right. Why can't it work like my phone? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, think about your phone. Like if you were to replace your phone today, how long would it take you to set it up again to be just like you like it? There's a reason Android, like me, Stay with Android for ten years, right? Because the switchover is yeah. <laughs> going to be miserable. You don't right. want to change the way you operate, right, right? Right. But when you switch from one organization to another, or hell, from one department to another, yeah, it's an equivalent or greater change that we're trying to make, and there's a lot more at stake than my comfort with making a phone call, right? Right. There's millions of dollars and lives on the line, right? And right. you're asking me to make these drastic changes. That is one of the things about this work. industry that a lot of times people don't appreciate from the outside is. Um, is the amount, the amount, the table stakes are so high. Oh yeah. Right? Um, you know, you have capital projects that can be billions of dollars, mm-hmm. and if you make the wrong decision, that's just money you don't have anymore. Yeah. And um, but also, like you said, lives lives are at stake, mm-hmm. safety's at stake, and oh, what else? By the way, like the world economy is hanging on the decisions <laughs> and geopolitical stability things. and all of this, right? So, um, so yeah. Anyway, so go ahead. So, so, so people, you're trying to implement processes, mm-hmm. uh, and people's lives are difficult enough already. Oh right, yeah. Without you and, coming in, you know. So there's certain problems you run into, and these are questions we get fairly frequently. Um, is, well, why can't it just, and maybe it's some sort of delegation of authority. Let's just take the most simplistic example. Um, entering in a new purchase order, right? right? Something we all deal with on a daily basis, just about. I, I, some, some of our clients, I wish we'd deal with that on a more daily basis. But, <laughs> but, this is, but actually, this is perfect, right? So, so we deal, and, and we love our sponsors, and, um, and we also do. So related to OGGN, the Modal Point company does some like market research consulting and things like that. And, um, and we love all of our clients and our sponsors, but they all work most of, most of them in the oil and gas industry, which means like their back office procedures are right. like not to be trifled with. Yep. And um, just like getting that purchase order in the oh, yeah. like yeah, it's very difficult. So 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 a simple task like getting a purchase order. Right. What happens? Well, you know, just the simplest things. Once maybe you have a requisition for a purchase order in your team, maybe you don't. Maybe your requisition requires so many quotes prior. To a decision, maybe you right, don't. Right. So now the soft. Maybe you've been emailing it to the wrong inbox for the last two months, and nobody's bothered to tell you that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So there's all sorts of little quirks in here, and so now we're asking for the one software suite that can account for all of these exceptions. 
And so that's what we tell folks when we go into a customized uh, uh, deployment is what are the minimum rules that must be followed for this process? And inevitably, what you find is folks can tell you 50 exceptions before they can tell you a single rule. Yeah. So why is that? Um, is it because, is it because, why, why, but I've seen this before too. People have trouble abstracting what's the rule. They understand mm-hmm. the exceptions. Yes. Because those are the things that cause them to go to and fro. Yep. But understanding the rule it's requires tough. a little bit of abstract thinking. It right? does. Um, we have an exercise that we'll put folks through, <clears throat> and we talk about this on the Quality Matters podcast all the time. Darcy gets tired of me saying, "Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah." You brush. guys gotta, yeah. So there's a plug for the Texas, qual- yes. what, and it's called what's the name? Quality of? Matters. Quality Matters. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hashtag Quality Matters. Hashtag Quality yeah. Matters. Okay, so, um, but you know, Darcy gets tired of me talking about process approach. Probably my favorite word. Yeah. And you're the only one I know who would ever who would probably, say that. yeah, yeah. And so what we do is we take a look at each of these processes from this process approach, um, and we identify, you know, what is the goal of this process? Why do we even bother? What's the point of even bothering with this? Because <laughs> we always have, right? And that's always a good feedback you get from someone. Great. So when you do this, what's your expected output? What mm. do you expect to get at the end of this process? And inevitably, that's going to be an integration point to some other process, likely. Right. So, like, the purchase order is going to get sent over to, you know, for uh, accounts payable somewhere, right? Right, right, right. Well, how's, how's that integration occur? Um, but then we identify what are our key outputs. Then we're able to identify, well, what are the necessary inputs, minimums we need to achieve this goal to get those outputs? Okay, so... Everything that you just said sounds suspiciously like a particular performance uh, uh, management technique that we've heard a lot about in the last yes. few years. Just a little uh, bit. Yeah, because you mentioned uh, objectives and results. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you actually like mapping the OKR a little uh, bit. approach to that? Is a, that a little bit. There? Yeah. Um, I actually was first introduced to OKRs probably maybe 2013. It's a little fuzzy because I wasn't paying attention to the, the year at the time. Yeah. Well, and back then we were still KPI Neanderthals, yes. right? We hadn't been enlightened with OKRs yet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm trying to introduce this to a team, right? And we we uh, just talked about this in our, our, our book club recently. So I'm trying to introduce this. And I've got, you know, a weld supervisor, inspection supervisors, you know, production manager, pretty rough guys, right? You know, this isn't your typical office um, environment. And I'm talking about objectives and key results and what Google does and what Intel does. Right, it was right. the worst reception I could have possibly got. And one of the guys chimes in and says, we just need to get done. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what we that's what we termed it, is these were no longer OKRs. Yeah. This is the GSD the, project yeah. list. You have the little GSD decal that you put on your li- on your laptop <laughs> on, your, on the top of your laptop. Yeah. And so that kind of became the process. But yeah, that was that was a huge input into coming up with this process approach that we utilize today. Because if you don't have an objective you're going after, a goal you're going after that is well defined and measurable you're wasting yours, everyone else's time, money, resources. It's all down the drain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so there's a thing, though, that I want to think about a little bit more closely because you said a few minutes ago, you said a lot of times, um, you know, you talked about the purchase order and the process leads to another process, yep. which is... Um, uh, you know, whatever the next thing is. And, and this is one of the difficulties in, in the corporate world where if we go back to, you know, I was saying in the, when you're in the science and engineering disciplines in 
um, in oil and gas, most of the people involved know what they're doing, why they're doing it, and what the results ought to be. Yep. Um, they have that context. A lot of times when you get into like all of the supporting functions in which are many more people yes. and everybody has their own sort of like, mm-hmm. right? Like, like this set of <coughs> cubicles is doing this thing and yeah. this set of cubicles is doing something else. People don't have the context. So when you start, when you start saying you need to know what are you doing and what's the objective and what are the results you expect, a lot of times people can only figure that out based on their own yep. like silo. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, which isn't really the right way to do it because in order to really understand to make the improvements that you're talking about, I really need to know how, what I'm doing fits into an overall larger set of 100%. objectives. Right. Yeah. And, that, and so, so, so now, so, so great. So, so if you're, and you said you, that you're, you do consulting now in addition mm-hmm. to this. So, so when you walk in and you're just in that little slice of heaven <laughs> there, <laughs> like, like, how do you help them figure that out? Well, what you, I mean, this is going to, again, sound so incredibly cliche, what everyone's supposed to say, but it really is not, it's got truth is you, when you're talking with folks that are, I guess, a little bit lower down on the org chart. Yeah, um, or, or they're just kind of in a specialized yeah. area, right? And they don't have the, they just can't see to the ends of what, how what they're doing yes. drives the business. Well, right? you made the comment earlier that it's so easy to find the exceptions because that's what we deal with every day. Right. So that's kind of where I start with the conversation. Just ask them point like, what is it you do? And they'll, they'll give you some example of, well, I'll take this paper and I fill out this and I check for that. Okay, fine. What problems do you run into? What's the, who around here drives you bonkers? Because they yeah. don't do it the right way. <laughs> right? And that gets them talking. Yeah, and that's your yeah. whole point. Is you just want to yeah. get them talking about all of the many pain points they run into. Then if you take a look at all of those pain points collectively, right. then you can start to extract the rule for all of the exceptions that they're dealing with. Because they may not even know the rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you, you, you can extrapolate what it should be. Then when you go to the next silo who maybe this silo mentioned, then you can start to extract a little more information and you can start to map these inputs to outputs and you can identify what your process controls are. Do we have any procedures? Do we have any forms or checklists? Are they approved? Who the hell approved them? When was the last time it was reviewed? 2012? Maybe let's look at it again. Never mind reviewed. When was the last time it was read at all? Yeah, yeah, we were... uh, no, it's it's very it's it's true. The irony is that um, a lot of these things that you're describing, we've been trying to work through for many more years than we've been talking about digital transformation, yep. right? Um, well, and, you just hit on why it's so hard. Yeah, <laughs> and um, um, but but now one of the things that the industry is trying to that people are trying to accomplish as part of digital transformation is the connecting of all these different, because, mm-hmm. because now the data that's produced in one part of the business that used to not be of any interest to this other part of the business now is of interest because we're right. trying to tie those two things together to optimize mm-hmm. something. Right. Right. And, and analyze that. And so, um, um, so it becomes important for these people that work in these like regular office jobs, right. Right, like all of that becomes part of this ecosystem that mm-hmm. needs to be like available and adaptable and up to date mm-hmm. and real time and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, 
Um, I, I got to believe that's bringing like more pressure on the people in those support functions. Oh, I mean, it does. I mean, absolutely. And again, you talk about digital transformation. Well, we kind of talked about this before uh, we got in air here, but is what is your goal? Digital transformation is is it for the sake I, of I saying it's we're pretty, digital? It's pretty straightforward. It's in the title, digital transformation. I mean, that's I want to transform digitally. <laughs> well, why? Why is that important? Yeah, right. Well, because everyone else is doing it. Oh, well, that's the best reason in the world. <laughs> it is. Um, but that is going to be key to getting your organization on board with doing it. Why on earth are we doing it? If you say because our investors want us to do it, no one's going to get on board. Yeah. If you say... Because, that might actually be true. Like, it might actually be that if we don't do certain things, our investors are going are gonna, to... Um, like we're going to lose capital, right? But then find out why the investors care about it. Right. Are they maybe they see it as a way to mitigate risk? Maybe they see it as a way to reducing costs. Right, because because like because we're talking about the regular people who are trying to do their job. Yeah, you know, they got to have something to care about. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Well, and not only that, but then if you want your people to have good ideas, they need to have a direction to put those ideas towards. Yeah. Because everyone has ways that their job could be easier. You can't have good ideas in a vacuum. Right? No. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to give people yeah. direction. To, to get those good ideas. Otherwise, everyone's just going to sit around and do what they do anyways, which is whine and complain that the last person didn't do their job properly. Right. Yeah. And that the next person didn't like the way that they turned in the, the information. Yeah, and then, then there's the dirty coffee cups in the sink, and so who didn't wipe out the microwave yes. when their lunch exploded? Right, yeah. Now, kind of a, a sidetrack, but when I first got thrown into uh, the quality management world, um, I was actually told that I should write all of our office procedures, and I didn't know what that meant. And he said, well, start with, uh, you know, just start with kitchen. I'm like, kitchen needs procedures? Well, everything has to be documented. Not true. This is the understanding. <laughs> so I actually wrote a procedure on making coffee. Okay. And yeah. you would be surprised at the same philosophy that works for a procedure on making coffee right. can be used for how do we get our purchase orders processed properly? Yeah, yeah. How do we get the, our work orders you know, closed out on time? The same mental capacity plays into it. So in, your, in the software that you guys sell now, is that is that one of the sample like workflows built into the system? Is the coffee making one? Did that because oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 like like yeah. like well, it's and there's all sorts of weird stuff that can go into making a pot of coffee. We can have all of their fun conversation <laughs> there, but it's a really fun, simplistic example because yeah, yeah. um, you've got certain requirements. You don't want it to get burned. You don't want it to be too weak. You don't want it to be too strong. Right. You right. have a supply issue. You have a demand issue. Um, there, there's all sorts of yeah, all the same requirements right. yeah, are there. A lot of things to think about, right? Um, but it's a very simplistic example. We use it sometimes in our uh, uh, training, training and workshops. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let's so let's uh, let's shift into that a little bit. Uh, so so you, you had your you know you, you found yourself all of a sudden in this quality assurance role, which somehow eventually you like you started your own company. Yep. Right. Um, uh, so what, what, how'd that happen? What, what made you decide to, <laughs> yeah, well, I got, this has nothing to do with getting digital done. I'm just curious. Like, how did you, how did you decide to, like, it, well, it really actually, it, it has a really uh, darn good tie in. Um, I was tired of working so many hours is what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, because I was doing everything manually. I was the one. I, Wait a second. Did you just say you started your own company cause you didn't want to work so many hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part I didn't plan out very well. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> um, <But> keep going. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was I was working on average eighty hours a week, trying yeah. to keep up with it. Um, 
and everything was manual. I had to manually process things, put them in a spreadsheet, the same story we all hear every day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, spreadsheet hell. Right, and it doesn't matter if you're in procurement or, like, you're in, like, subsurface geoscience. Everybody is in spreadsheet hell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I started developing some tools just to make my life easier. And I was able to get from 80, 90, some weeks, 100 hours a week. You do the math. That's every working hour of the day. Um, I was able to get down to 50, 60 hours a week. Hmm. That was fantastic. You know, I actually had my life back. Got to go to my kid's little league game. You know, yeah, yeah, life is yeah. good. Yeah. Um, he was in college by then, but it's okay. <laughs> right. He was a little, he was a little tall for the T, <laughs> but uh, he was swinging away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, someone that we'd worked with had uh, seen what I'd done for the company. And it wasn't just that it made my life easier, like the... The impact spread throughout the entire company, right? You know, we were able to get certified to three standards in less than 12 months. Yeah, that is actually remarkable. So if, it, if nobody's ever been through that, that um, e even just to develop, I mean, I know even just to go into a place where everything's already certified and you're trying to deploy a new system and maintain that level of certification, mm -hmm. that by itself is a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, so... In a 12-month period of time, we revamped our ERP, uh, developed the quality management software, we wrote procedures for everything, trained everyone, all the required permits, all the everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in doing so, and getting tossed into the fire, kind of the way I did, forced me to learn some lessons very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where this whole process approach, you know, idea comes from. I'm not saying it's my ideas. Their ideas have been around forever. It's just ways that I put them together. Sure, sure. Um, but someone that we'd worked with had seen what I did for the company, saw the benefit it made, and he said, um, hey, Kyle, I, um, I got someone that could use this. They're about to lose their monogram if they don't get an uh, electronic system for tracking all of their documentation. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I said, well, that's kind of weird. They, they can't require electronic. He said, well, this guy has file cabinets upon file cabinets and file cabinets, and the auditors refuse to go through them anymore. So he said, either get digital or I'm not coming back. <laughs> So I had 30 uh, days yeah. to get this project done, rebuilt the software from scratch, built a server on my uh, dining room table, okay. deployed it, and that was the start of the business in 2013. Is it still on your dining room table, that server? No, no, no. Okay. Actually, it's still running a couple yeah. miles from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how those things have gravity to them. Um, yeah, so... Uh, um, Okay, where are we? Uh, no, the thing that stood out to me about what you were just saying is, I'm sorry, I was, so I was thinking about a long time ago when I found myself accidentally in IT and I, I had a team, we were building this brand new thing uh, that nobody had really done called a website. <laughs> and, um, and we had, uh, that was back when IT didn't really, what, didn't really know how to run like internet stuff back then it wasn't sure. part of the it skill set so we had to like bring in people from like 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 from colleges yep, and I stuff like you. that and um they didn't really follow like operational like change management so, <laughs> and for and for some period of time i had this i had a server it was a sun uh e450 or something like that so you know about the size of a beer cooler right it was like in my office in the corner like mm -hmm. and the and the, and like the Ethernet cable came like in through my door, and and <laughs> like it. we had it taped down to the carpet, <laughs> and um, we were doing this big uh, data center migration project, and like we almost forgot about that server, like it was still in that office. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
like plugged in, just doing it. So that's why. That, so, yep. so when you sat on your dining room table, I was like, yeah, I wonder if it's still on the dining room table. Anyway, I digress. Um, no, but it so is still the, running ten years, almost ten years later. That is amazing. So, uh, <laughs> but the interesting thing that you said about how you were doing all this stuff, right? You guys got certified in uh, three certifications in twelve months, and you wrote all the procedures, and you did. Da, 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 da. So sometimes one of the things that's overlooked when we talk about how are we going to make progress in this very sophisticated initiative is some amount of it is just, you just got to work. Like yeah. people need to like put, like roll up their sleeves, yep. like, you know, elbow grease, nose to the grindstone, whatever uh, right. euphemism you want to use. But like sometimes to get from here to there, and I, and I noticed this a lot when I was in the consulting world is like, sometimes you just got to work. Yeah. You gotta like get a lot of stuff done, and you just have to be like next, 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 and then you get to the point right. that all of your work sort of starts to have like it does. comes to fruition. And if you have a good software solution, and you've got people pointing in the right direction, so they have an idea of where you're going, so they can have somewhat of constructive feedback. Um, the the big light bulb moment that this was something really cool. This was even before you know anyone asked me to build this uh, elsewhere is one of the production managers, actually the, the same guy who said, we just need to get done, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he received a notification for a corrective action report on his BlackBerry. And he got this email notification and he had a corrective action report. Mind you, he was the absolute world's worst about getting these completed. Like, heck, he was going to take time to fill out some form I gave him to right. tell me what he's doing to fix things in his department. Right, right, right. Yeah. But the moment it came to his BlackBerry with a nice little text field that he could type some information on, he tapped out a response within an hour of going live. He closed out his corrective actions. <laughs> I had to check. I didn't even bother looking at yeah, the corrective action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to check. I was going through system logs. I thought something went wrong. Right. No way this is closed. Yeah, yeah. Until yeah. I actually opened it, I'm like, Holy cow. Yeah. Right. Right. And he's like, there. So take that. Yes. Now leave me alone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it, you got to push it in the right direction. Right. And that's the problem I see with these overarching generic, we need to go digital. Because I'll have folks call me and say, hey, Kyle, we need to go electronic with our management system. Great. Great. Let's have a conversation. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it's 2020. And what, do you, and what are you going to get? Yeah. And what are the results, right? What do you, how are you going to, what does success look like? Yeah. What are you going to be able to do um, now that uh, you can do? All right. So, so let's, um, I'm watching the time here. I want to make sure we give you a chance to talk a little bit about, about your software and what you guys are doing. Um, so we got a little bit of a flavor for that. You've described it so far. Uh, so let's say I'm, uh, I'm at some company and uh, I'm the, the manager of whatever. And I mm -hmm. go to the, the folks and I go, uh, hey, everybody, good news. Uh, we just bought this uh, software from Kyle Chambers. Right. Uh, and everybody's life's going to get better. So what should everybody be getting excited about? What's going to happen now? Well, that, those are the questions that God willing were asked before they purchased anything. <laughs> <coughs> um, so, yeah. So but, how, how, do, how do things begin to look different for them after, after they've engaged with you and started to use this, this yeah. software? Well, uh, to answer that, you know, kind of want to bring up one point is that we kind of talked about a little bit earlier as well, is computers are really good at certain tasks. Human beings are really good at certain tasks. Yeah. We can make quick impressions. There's like, decisions. and that Venn diagram almost has no overlap at all. It's like yeah. two different circles. Yeah. 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 I mean, we can make impromptu decisions that are of high quality pretty consistently, pretty accurately. Coding all of that into a computer system can be done, but 
you get these insane spanning decision trees that can right. be very hard to update and maintain. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> my my. Uh, so the the analogy I like to use for that is, um, if you look at what humans are able to do in sports. Yeah. Um, so let's just take uh, basketball. I grew up playing basketball. So one day I thought about as I got older, I thought about like 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 the mechanics and the dynamics and the math involved. And I'm not really a math person, but so I can I can take a basketball and I can stand anywhere within 15 feet mm-hmm. and pretty like I don't have to like do calculus. Right. My brain and my body are able to get the right arc force mm-hmm. distance yep. to make that go in without even touching the rim. And, yep. and I can do that or a bas- anybody who's can, can shoot hoops reasonably well can do that fairly consistency from here, from there, a little further out, a little further in. And the ball goes in the basket. Maybe we'll get the right? camera and go now, uh, test now this you, a little bit. Now, if you were <laughs> right, now if you were trying to program a computer to do that, and put oh, the hell. and and the engineering, the mechanical engineering mm-hmm. that would go into it, right? That is um, like I don't like how, it is uh, so the, incredibly it's, it's complex. Of a detail. Yeah, it, it's it's doable. I mean, you got people at, like at Boston Dynamics, and they're mm-hmm. they got robots that are doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is is that's an example where you say of like what a human brain can do like that without even right. just intuitively, um, but conversely, computers can do things that we, you know, oh, that, yeah. that we can't. And that's why we don't have to worry about computers taking our jobs because the only jobs they take are the stuff we're no good at in the first yeah, place. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so that's what I try to bring into folks when, when we deploy any software solution is let's have it do these aspects of the job that we stink with. Right. Or that we commonly forget to do. Again, because we were talking about corrective actions. This is a simple right. example. So your corrective action has a due date on it. That immediate containment needs to be completed within 30 days. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for a month to blow by, and we didn't even realize it happened, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you keep from falling behind on those things? Okay, well, some very simple notifications can go into place. So these are simple things that we can do. Um, computers are really good at tracking and storing massive amounts of data. If you read a string of, I can't remember a phone number to save my life. Right, right. right? But we can get really good data input. You know, one of the things we just had fun doing is we're doing a big re-release in July, but is putting our nonconformities on a, uh, a mobile app. And the idea being that your folks in the shipping receiving bay, right, or your folks are in inspection bay, um, these are some of your most common sources of nonconformities. So that's where we're going to go to attack first. So if you're looking at a digital transformation in your organization, what are the most common places for human error? And inspection-based shipping and receiving are because usually you've got greasy, grimy, dirty hands. You're dealing with forklifts. You're dealing yep, with penetrance, yep. all this stuff. You're not going to pull out a clipboard and take decent notes. Right, right. But let me tell you what you can do is you can tap an app on your phone. You can voice text the problem, snap a picture, and hit send, and it automatically yep, gets routed yep. to the right people. Right, right. Simple. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So those are the things that we really want to focus on. And so how would I pitch that to someone? If I'm in the shipping receiving area and I'm talking to a guy who spends six of the eight hour shift on a forklift yep. and I'm trying to tell him how software is going to make his life easier. Well, then I could say, hey, well, which one of your <laughs> suppliers? First, he's got to take off the hearing protection. Yes. Thing, so he's not going to yeah. hear anything. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's like, well, which one of your suppliers is, is your biggest, uh, biggest pain in the rear? You know, yeah. who consistently screws up? Oh, they'll have a fun time <laughs> telling you about that, right? So you let them get all heated. You let yeah. them get emotional. And you say, hey, what if every single time that happened, you took literally 10 seconds of your day to note where they messed up? Right. And then at the end of the month, you go to the uh, procurement manager and say, I got a problem. Yep, yep, yep. That, uh, so, so 
So is that a real story? Have you got you got forklift uh, guys oh, yeah. who are like, oh yeah, I could do that. Oh yeah, right, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now it depends on the company's policy about mobile devices and whatnot. But yeah. we found that uh, a lot of companies are getting more on board with the uh, uh, the iPad and it like a the yeah and yeah everybody's. I mean, come on, we got we have uh, we have you know people in their nineties now who have an iPhone and an Apple Watch, yes. right? And and they use both of them. Yes. So. Um, uh, so yeah, it's definitely, it's not, it's, it's not so much like it was, you know, even 10 years ago, yeah. or 15 years ago when well, we were, we're trying to do you, these things. We've seen one really amazingly good thing that comes out of this horrible quarantine and everything that's happened in the last year is folks are so much more accepting of technology than they yeah. used to be. Right. Yeah. It is not, it is no longer taboo to walk into a shop with your cell phone. As oh, it used to be. Right. right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's no longer taboo to work from home on a remote meeting. Yeah. Right? So we can do so much more with technology that was perfectly technologically capable a year ago. Yeah. But, but no one really considered how do we truly utilize this to make people's lives easier. Yeah. It's, 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 that's a new one. I haven't heard that. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. It's not the elevator. Uh, usually we get the elevator bongs in the background here. So, uh, no, you're right. And it, but it's, it's kind of legitimized some things that they mm -hmm. needed to be legitimized because, yeah. um, although, uh, it can go too far. Like yeah. Else. You know, like, uh, I don't know if we're going to get people out of their houses again. And, and we've had a lot of discussions about the value of in-person collaboration and how mm -hmm. it doesn't really, but the point is, is now we've got these things and we can, we can, we can do that. All right. So. Um, I'm going to, I think we're kind of getting to the end of time here. Uh, well, I mean, we could talk for however long we want, but people just change the channel. Sure. So, so let's talk about how do people, um, well, I, I, I would usually say, how do people find out more about what you're doing? But we already mentioned that you have a podcast, mm -hmm. so, uh, quality matters, yep. which, uh, which you do with your, with your wife, right? Yes. Is the, uh, now whose idea was that? That was actually, uh, Mark LaCour. Mark LaCour. Okay. That was his idea. That guy has, he's always got an idea. So, so he, so you, so he, so you were saying, how do we get the people to know more about what we're doing? And he said, have a podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd actually approached him and said, Hey, you know, if I want to start a podcast, like, you know, would you go through, uh, would you go through to get it started? So he's telling me a little bit of details about it. And, um, my wife, Darcy was there at the time and I said, you know, here's the biggest problem is I get kind of geeky, you know, mm. I, I get somewhat involved she in, in these topics. at this point oh, yeah. very strong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so she's chiming in, having fun, making fun of me for it. And, um, so I think she said something to the effect of, you know, I don't ever want to be involved in nothing like that. And, it's <laughs> the light bulb, bulb, and, Mark and he's like, yes, that's exactly what you need. She's like, whoa, 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 get me out of this. Mm -hmm. But she does a great job of keeping it, uh, yeah. it kind of keeping it uh, for normal, average people, not uh, yeah. computer geeks like me. That's good. That's good. And you guys, <laughs> and you guys, and and you guys run the business together. She's involved. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's that's, that's uh, effectively business. office manager. Her official job title is the boss lady. The boss lady and. <laughs> And how long the you've had the company for? What did you say? Uh, uh, I started in 2013, but it's been a full-time venture since 2016. Okay, so that's let's see, five years, and you're still married. That's that's it, working yeah. together, and and uh, and yeah, that's, it, it that's works. Fantastic. It works out well. That's it works good. out it's well. Always, it's it, always it good to hear. Took that. a little bit of time to get there, but it worked yeah, out well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like suddenly, you both have opinions about things that you didn't used to have opinions about yeah. before, right? Um, excellent. It's a real good balance. So, so you got this podcast, Quality Matters. Is is it on? Like we can find it on oh, on yeah, the Apple Podcast platform, yeah. all the usual places, right? Yep. So excellent. So uh, so there you go, folks. Have a um, 
have a listen to Quality Matters. It comes out every week. Yep. Weekly, and weekly and of release. course, you've got your uh, you got your website, mm-hmm. um, TexasQA.com. Same thing. You can find us on LinkedIn. Texas Quality Assurance. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned about uh, having a problem with the name at the beginning of the podcast. Half the time now, when I talk to folks on the phone, I just say Texas Quality because when you say assurance, they hear insurance. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so little, une- you know, unexpected yeah, things that, yeah. uh, that creep up, but you're too far in sometimes to change. <laughs> so. Well, who would ever te- question Texas quality? Right? right. Of course, we have, um, I try to, I try to, it, it's, uh, you know, li- we have listeners for the show uh, from all over the world, and um, it, we, I try to make it not to... Uh, you know, Houston right. uh, specific, but those of us who are from here, there's just so many things that we can. And of course, and, and almost everybody in oil and gas has, if there, if, has, has, maybe not almost everybody, but so many people have, have been here, uh, you know, moved here from other places. I remember you sound like you've probably been around Houston for some period of time, About right? 15 years now. 15 years. Okay. And, and, um, so when, when I moved here, um, with my family, and I was a teenager. I don't want to say what decade that was, <laughs> but let's just say that the music was sparkly and the colors were bright. But um, it, it was you didn't have the diversity in Houston because you didn't have it in the oil and gas industry. You didn't have people here from all the every continent right. and every country. And um, and in recent years, uh, you know, I mean. Uh, I would go into almost every meeting that I would go into. A lot of times I would be the only person who was actually originally from the U S oh, really? in the meeting. Right. Yeah. Like, and you'd have lots of people from, you know, a lot of people from Norway, a lot of people from the UK, a lot of people from Africa. People yeah. from, and so it's really, it's, it's great. Um, so that's why I don't worry too much sometimes about talking about Houston a little bit yeah. because everybody's been here. Yeah. Uh, just this morning, uh, I did a, an episode for the tech show with, uh, um, uh, a couple of French guys, but one of them is an Aggie. So, huh. <laughs> Interesting. so, so well, it's kind of like everybody passes through here at some point. We've been time. advised to take the Texas off of it and uh, kind of said you can, you know, take your uh, suggestions and, you know, what yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've gone just, whole hog on it. So, who, so whoever it was that just suggested to uh, a Texan to take the Texan off of the thing that, yeah, yeah. that's probably not, 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 not the smartest thing to do. Gonna, you know. All right, excellent. So, uh, Kyle, thanks for uh, making time today, yeah. and uh, we're going to wrap up here. But, um, and and you're going to you're coming to the event. A couple oh yeah, of minutes yeah, I'll be now. here. I'll be here Thursday night. Yeah, so, so it'll be fun. So good. This one. Uh, so folks, so for the folks listening, just to wrap up here, uh, I mentioned that we have the OGGN happy hours starting back up. As of right now, they are just in Houston, but we're hoping to get them to some of the other cities where they have been in the past. Uh, it's a great event. You know, it's not a big fancy event. It's like it's like a hundred or two hundred people getting together here in Houston. We do it here at the Cannon um, to to hang out. There's food and drinks, talk to people, and then we have a panel discussion, um, and uh, which are usually pretty good. So so we got those uh, starting up now. By the time you hear this episode, if you're in Houston, you probably missed the one that Kyle and I are talking about because it happens in two days. Oh, that's true. And I think this episode is probably going to go out next week. But 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 there I'll are. I'll just say it was fantastic. Uh, you say it was fantastic. Well, they're going to be monthly. Last Thursday of every oh, really? month. Last oh, Thursday fantastic. of every month. Yeah. Um, assuming we don't forget, and <laughs> you need a software tool to remind you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Quality <laughs> quality assurance for the for the happy hour planning events. Also, as I mentioned, we've got uh, several new podcasts that are out. Um, 
Uh, so have a listen. Go check those out. You can just go to the OGGN.com website and go to the podcast, and you can see all the different things that are there. There's also, if you've never noticed this, there's another page on our website that has little bios on all the hosts, so you can mm-hmm. you can find out all the quirky things about all the all the hosts that we have. Um, also, uh, join the street team. Are you on the street team? I'm not. How? Why aren't you on the street team? Like, it seems like you should be on the street team. Because I run a business. Because you run a business. <laughs> where <laughs> you work, le- where you la- where, work less hours than yeah. you did before. <laughs> so, <laughs> the street team is. Uh, so there's a guy. So check out this guy on LinkedIn. His name is Brian Mon M A H N. He is the fearless leader of our street team, and they're back out on the streets doing all the things that street teams do. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know. You get to you get a cool hat. You get to go to our events for free. Um, you get to say good things about us on social media, and it gets you out from behind those endless Zoom calls. So <laughs> you join the street team and uh, and connect on all the things that we are doing. Uh, uh, thanks again to our sponsor, Top Coder, uh, for for making all this possible. Uh, Top Coder really has a cool way of approaching um, this uh, th- this way of bringing talent into your projects uh, through a very sustainable model that doesn't cause you to overinvest uh, in people. Um, for things that aren't going to be around forever. And so have a look at topcoder.com to learn more about that. That is going to wrap it up for today, uh, except uh, thank you, of course, to our audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman. He's going to make us sound fantastic on this, and he will also uh, probably give me a few pointers about how we didn't have the microphones exactly where they're supposed to be. Right. But it always turns Come back next week for yet another exhilarating <laughs> expedition it. into the very real world of the best digital doers in the oil and gas industry. A production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.